This is Wilson from F3 Dayton with your weekly QSource topic, where we review a chapter of the QSource while also hearing a classic episode of the 43 Feet podcast featuring Dread and Dark Helmet. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This week's topic from the book is Q2.6, Correction, Zealously Advocating for Shared Virtue. I was trying to figure out how to introduce this topic of correction and coming up empty when Twitter popped an email to me with a quote from Dredd who said, Yeah, I'm not empathetic but I am compassionate. Young guys like this often confuse slash conflate those two concepts. So I said, I can work with that. Dredd's final point in this lesson is, correction requires love. Now there is a concept that doesn't just get confused with another concept, it gets confusing all by itself. We've heard the expression, love is love almost meaning that it's self-explanatory and can't be confused with anything else being equal at all levels across the board. But let's think about this. I love M. I also love my shorties. I love my sub-shorties. I love my dog. I love F3. I love pizza. And I really, really love my truck. But if I make the mistake of coming across to M that my love for her is about the same as my love for my truck, do I really need to explain in detail here? Well, we need to love like Jesus, and he loves everybody. Yes, that is absolutely true. He did love the money changer he was chasing out of the temple with a weapon. And he also loved the Pharisees, that group of folks that he referred to as sons of hell and whitewashed tombs. Let's play a little game. Who do you think better illustrates who Jesus sounded like when he said those words? Mr. Rogers? Or was it more like Jocko Willink? I personally think that when he made those statements, there was a flash in his eye and the ground just kind of shook around him with the intensity of the situation. The point is, being loving and being nice often get confused and conflated. Correction must be done with love, but it won't always look nice. But that's Dredd's third point. First, the high-impact man practices what he preaches. An advocate is a public champion of a particular cause or policy. Zealous advocacy is the voicing of full-throated support for that cause, even in, especially in, the face of bitter opposition. Zeal requires passion, which is born both of a strong belief and a willingness to personally suffer for it for the benefit of others. A lawyer is ethically obligated to zealously advocate for his client's rights and position. That means he must continue to do so even where it is personally detrimental. If he can't do that, then he has to go find another job. Correction is zealous advocacy for shared virtue, which are standards of moral excellence that are essential to the group. These are the individual habits and ethics that cannot be compromised. A group cannot prosper if its members lack shared virtue. 
Without correction, it will ultimately wither and die. Second, correction requires courage. Hypocrisy is the practice of claiming a particular moral standard to which one's behavior does not fully conform. Hypocrisy is universal in that we all succumb to it to one degree or another. For the high-impact man, it is just an obstacle, a problem that impedes his movement which can and must be remedied. In his efforts to do so, the high-impact man is focused upon behavioral conformance, on closing the gap between his standards and his actions. He does this through the practice of building better guardrails and seeking accountability. For Gu Nation, hypocrisy is not a mere problem. It is a dire cultural sin that is second in severity only to judgment. For the Guist, it is not the gap between a man's standards and his actions that is the issue. It is the very existence of the standards themselves. In the land of Gu, where happiness reigns supreme, only aspirations are acceptable because standards lead to unhappiness. As a result, when faced with the ever-present problem of hypocrisy, the high-impact man seeks to better practice what he preaches, while the guist adamantly opposes the preaching of what anyone practices. Finally, correction requires love. Truth is a transcendent fundamental or spiritual reality. It is something that exists outside of time and place, unaffected by evolving human notions. Although we may be able to better understand truth over time, we can never change it. We can only deny it. Correction requires a man to be candid, meaning that he must graciously tell the hard truth and demand to hear it from others. Easy truths, like the sun will come up tomorrow, doesn't require much candor because they are spoken to a welcome ear. But hard truths, the one that are likely to instill shame, if only for a moment, are hard to tell. They are at the heart of correction because conformity with hard truth is what people by nature seek to avoid. But candor is only half of correction. A high-impact man must also be willing to share wisdom by preaching what he practices. And with that as an overview, here's the substantive portion from a classic episode of the 43 Feet Podcast with Dread and Dark Helmet talking about correction. And, and we're, we're back. back. <laughs> All right. You're listening to 43 Feet, a podcast about leadership. We believe that real leading happens out front, but that means you're probably building the next 43 feet of good road for those behind you while you're running the race yourself. My name is Frank Schwartz, known in the gloom of the early morning as Dark Helmet to my F3 brothers, and I'm joined each week by Dave Redding, or Dread, one of the co-founders of F3 Nation. We're going to answer your questions, pontificate wildly, teach leadership, and otherwise attempt to help you navigate the next 43 feet. So correction to, to right. the substantive portion. Of this our is a substantive program. portion. We have 17 minutes and 38 seconds. Although you generally tell me to take as much time as I need. I think you should take as much time as you need. Thank you very much. This is correction, which is the Q 2.6. If you happen to be following along in our idiot numbering system, it's part of the second quadrant. Live right. It's the penultimate Q yep. point of the live right. There's only one more. There's only one more, and that's so targeting. Next to last. That's yeah. targeting. So yeah. the statement of correction is zealously advocating for shared virtue zealously advocating for shared virtue which when you hear it you think okay that makes sense but when you start to unpack it it gets a little dicey, a little dicey. this a little is dicey. um 
Accountability was a little dicey. Mm -hmm. And this one's even more dicey. It's real. <laughs> yeah. This one flies completely in the face of the culture. Yeah. This is Yeah, this is difficult. This is difficult. So Because even guys who who I think believe what we believe and and think, oh yeah, goo goo bad, you know, disruption good. Right. We go, uh, but but correction? Correction. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, here's your three thought provoking questions. What we call Socratics. Number one, can virtue be instilled by example alone? Number two, why would a man decline to tell another man the truth about his shortcomings? And number three, can a man be a bully even if he's right? That's the third one. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, okay, as to the first question, here's the first spur. The hymn, the high-impact man, preaches what he practices. Wait, he, don't you have that backwards? Yes. Don't you mean he practices what he preaches? No, but he preaches what he practices. Um, because what we're going to get to here is that there's a lot of guys out there whose practices are good. Right. The thing, the way they live yeah, their lives. Yeah, they're decent guys. They're high impact. They're doing good, well. Good guys. Well, I'm not. I'm going to say no. I'm in a high impact. I mean, they're just because I. I think the I premise here is you got to say something, right? Right. So they are. They are. But in other words, practicing if, well. If you, if, but if you looked at them from the outside, you would say to yourself, "Well, that guy seems Good like guy. he's got it together. Yeah, like he's he's. But he ain't he's doing well. Yeah, he ain't preaching. I get what you. Yeah, he ain't preaching. This guy's a reverse of hypocrisy. I jumped. I jumped ahead. You I jumped. Apologize. All right. So let's you know hit a couple terms as we often do. Uh, an advocate is a public champion of a particular cause or policy. That's what an advocate is. Yes. If you get down to it, lawyers are often called advocates. We Indeed. advocate for the cause of our clients. Right. Right. Publicly. Publicly. Uh, zealous advocacy is the voicing of full-throated support for that cause. Mm -hmm. It's one of the reasons why lawyers are held in such low regard is because we are full-throated advocates for people whose causes or may not may make not everybody most, happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sorry. That's right. Yeah. And we can't apologize for that. Right. Otherwise, we're not full, fully-throated advocates. Now, I've encountered lawyers over the years who have difficulty with the adversarial system, this idea of clashing positions right. to find truth. It's a, it's a crucible of sorts. Right. And and they have difficulty with that. And they kind of, on the one hand, on the other hand, and, you know, what about is them on their own client? That's not zealous advocacy. No, that's... you got to come out of the gates hard for your client. And, you know, if somebody points out to you true shortcomings, you say, you know, I will acknowledge what you just said, but that doesn't change my position on behalf of my client. Now, within the legal world... Other lawyers, we respect that. In fact, it's the other way around. It's the guy who's not a zealous advocate who we don't respect. Mm. Uh, but I get it that non-lawyers don't understand that, how it upsets them. Sure. Well, it makes us uncomfortable. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, now, zeal mm -hmm. uh, requires passion. It does. The biblical um, definition of passion is actually suffering. Oh. Yeah. Passion yeah. Christ, suffering yeah, yeah. Christ. So to be passionate for something is to suffer for it. You will, if you correct, suffer for your zeal, my friend. You're <laughs> supposed to. Sure. You're supposed to. Sure. Right? Uh, this idea of speaking truth to power, this kind of, you know, this gooist idea, yeah. usually the truth they're speaking is something, you know, somebody already agrees with. So if you stand on a pedestal and you're screaming, you know, racism is bad, guess what? Even the racists yeah. aren't going to say anything. Right. right? We know I think that. we said that last yeah, week, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it's just, you know, that's not really suffering. It's it's saying things that will put you in goo's way. Right. Because that's that what, will actually bump you into somebody that, who, that's who right. doesn't like what you're doing. Exactly right. So let's talk about shared virtue for a second, mm -hmm. and that's a defined term in F3. These are the standards of moral excellence that are essential to the group. These are the things that 
have to be there, right? Right. There are individual habits and ethics that cannot be compromised. Not if you want the group to 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 prosper. Yeah. Right. If, if you yeah, if you're if you're driving toward advantage, That's these right. will be present. That's right. Some of these shared virtues, uh, some of them are universal. Mm-hmm. I would say honesty is an example of that. Yes. It doesn't matter if it's, I think, the, you know, we said the city of Huntersville, I think, right. or the FBI. Right. You know, both value. Both value honesty. honesty. I don't know of the organization that says, now you got to be dishonest for us to succeed. You know, that's, you know, there now, might be some, but they're not going to last long. Other virtues are <clears throat> not universal. Yes. Um, they are closely related to the group's mission. So punctuality is very important for an infantry platoon, not so important for a rock band. Right. You know, on the one hand, you know, if you, you ain't on time, you're going to get a lot of people Some, killed. Yeah. And, you know, being late's eh, okay, right? People are annoyed, whatever. Who That's cares? Right. That's right. Yeah. But these essentials, these things that have to be shared, you know, they are what they are what the hymn is actually doing the correcting about. So I'll give you an example. Yes. And I got the, I was thinking about this when I listened to your, to your uh, podcast. Um, you spoke of one thing I thought was very interesting, a th- thing I didn't really understand. You said that, there is a way amongst the Latter-day Saints, or there's a belief, a mm-hmm. virtue, mm-hmm. in praying for one's departed ancestors because it could have effect on their, uh, I suppose, relation to the divine. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that, that's yeah. something that's a virtue yes. within <clears throat> the LDS. Yes. Um, I don't agree with that. Sure. Primarily because it flies in the face of the story of Lazarus and the rich man. When a rich man ends up in hell, asks, I think, Abraham to send Lazarus down and help him. And he says, I can't do that. There's an unpassable veil between us. And he says, at least go to my brothers and tell them that I'm in, I'm in harm's way. And he said, can't do that either. Not, not how it works. Right. Yeah. So that belief yeah. of the LDS, not looking for real debate on it. Yeah. It's yeah. not something I... Yes, say it's not something I could right. agree with. I was going to say, in the, I'm not going to clarify. That's right. But yes, I'm right. with you. Yeah. However, so if I were to say what I just said, yes. and you said, Dredd, I need to correct you on that, yeah. I would say, here's the problem, Armano. We don't share that virtue. Oh, yeah, okay. Right? Sure. We, we don't share it. So that that's where correction, it wouldn't work. Now, if I were to say, instead of, I hope what I just said was a, I expressed a disagreement in a hopefully a winsome and respectful way. Yeah, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I tried to. Sure. Instead, if I had said, that's just another one of your crazy Mormon <laughs> crackpot ideas. Now, if and then you, after, yeah. that would be a subject for correction because you and I share the virtue of gentleness. Sure. And you would say to me, that, that was not a gentle thing for you to say. Yeah. It diminishes uh, your, yeah. my faith, my belief system. It diminishes me right. in it. It makes me think that you don't respect me. You don't need to agree with the belief. That's right. But you do need to hold to the the shared virtue that's of, right we're going to be nice to each other when we talk about that's this right kind of stuff so for, yeah. so you could correct the way i said it right because we share that virtue it would be f- fruitless for you to try to correct the disagreement disagreement yeah though you could persuade sure if you thought that there was but persuasion and correction are different the same things thing. we're going to get yeah. to persuasion yeah. and that's later. later later on yeah. right uh in next quadrant as a matter of fact because that's a leadership thing right all right, so that's what I I want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. That makes because sense. Because a me. lot of people think correction is rolling around yelling at people, you know, <laughs> right. randomly or right. yelling off the street corner. No. No. I mean, it's, it's not at all. It's it's within a group or at least in a relationship where there's an already an understanding that there's a shared 
virtue to correct on. Here is the standard and you're not meeting it and here is why. Because right. if the guy says, well, look, I don't agree with that. I don't know why you're bothering saying that. I mean, that, that's not correction. Right. Right. Does that distinction make sense to you? It does to me, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because, and, of course, all this is predicated on the fact that the him is a practitioner of these shared virtues. So, sure. Well, that's a, yeah. You know, if you're going to correct me on gentleness, which I would certainly accept, I have some times where I'm not gentle. Sure. And I think that you would concede that I seek correction from the from the, our shared leadership that from has the always been always been my experience particularly yes. on that issue because i can be too harsh well because and you know what your gesture is and, uh, right. and you that's right you work very hard to stay away from that's that. right yeah. um now here's where we get into kind of a switcheroo <clears throat> there's times where i have to correct other guys on gentleness yeah even though i have a, i struggle with it so but you are seeking to practice i'm seeking it i'm trying to practice and you that, do but that gets to the second Socratic, which is why would a man decline to tell another man the truth? Now, I sent this out yeah. on my Twitter handle this morning. I think it was, I forget who responded. Maybe it was Fiab said, well, the reason why you wouldn't do it, what, an answer to that Socratic is because you're not doing it. Sure. Right? You don't yeah. want to be a hypocrite. There's truth in that. Right. There's truth uh, in that. Yeah, that's right. part of it. So yeah. you got to be at least trying. Yeah. And I'm trying. Well, yeah, you can't just sit and be a jerk. But I don't let the fact that I come up short from time to time stop me from correcting. That's what goo would have you do. Right. They would say, well, you can't, you can't tell me what to do. You're not doing it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Because yeah. for goo, hypocrisy is the, is, is, the, is the cultural sin. Right. And so if you have the least... You bit, must be completely... Completely. All the way. Right. In everything. That's why the second yeah. spur is... Correction requires courage. When you correct in this culture with, that is driven by goo nation and gooists, mm -hmm. you are going to get called to account for any sign of hypocrisy. Yeah. You, and you just got to fight through it. Yeah. You just got to <clears throat> fight through it. You got to be ready. That's why it requires courage, right? You got to be ready to set aside fear to turn hardship into grace. That's our definition of courage. Yeah. Because you know that it's coming. You know that the, the gooist... The pr practitioner of goo who uh -huh. deeply believes in it, you know he's going to be coming at at you with that. Right. The way the gooist gets around that himself is he only seeks aspirational correction, right? Not hard right. and fast, right? Well, so it doesn't have to apply real directly if I can just leave it up in the clouds, right? right? That's why, yeah, goo. It's like goo doesn't like standards, mm -hmm. like we talked about last yeah. week. You know, binary standards, hard and fast standards, like aspirations. So I aspire I'm gonna, to... I feel like I want to run faster. Than, that's right. I feel like I'm going to lose. That's yeah. right. That's right. You know, and that, that's where correction, you are facing goo, and that's why goo is a powerful deterrent to correction. It, yeah. Because everybody and their brothers that's get right. a point at you, man. It, it, it keeps men um, from preaching what, what they practice, and it causes men to become timid, so timid that they're they're like a little goose that's that's too timid to call the gander to account. That yeah. that's what happens. Yeah. And I think that's happening now in our culture. I think that's why standards are falling. I think that's why there's I think that's why young guys are so confused. Uh-huh. Because older guys like us are are afraid well, to Well, we don't want to offend them. Yeah, we don't Actually, wanna... I think it's we don't want to If that were it alone, that'd be one thing. I really think it's more that we're that we don't have the courage of our own convictions. We don't want to be attacked by goo. Oh, I see. Look, yeah, yeah. all correction sure. offends the recipient. It all does. No one wants to be told that 
something they're doing isn't isn't so what you're saying is that if i were to correct this younger man then goo looks at me and says you're being a bully that's right and so you're being a bully you're a hypocrite or oh since when are you the that's this guy how are you holding yourself up as the sign of it's this guy's shared truth yeah yeah, right. And they also do this. They also, they also yeah. do the switcheroo, like I was saying on uh-huh. on the on the virtue things. Like, I don't believe that gender is fluid. To give you a controversial oh, example, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm born too late for that. But for me, <laughs> you either got to justify or you don't. You got to justify. Right. Or you're a you know you're a dude. You're a, a one. You know yeah. whatever. It's what binary. Are, you pick. Yeah. You pick. Right. It's just it's just I just don't believe it. Now. That means that I I don't believe that Bruce Jenner is a woman. Right. But if Caitlyn Jenner was sitting in this room right now and Caitlyn Jenner said, please call me Caitlyn, I would do it. Right. I wouldn't say, hey, Bruce. Listen. Listen. If Caitlyn Jenner said, please refer to me in the feminine third person pronoun, I wouldn't say he just to aggravate right, just to, Yeah. That's But to me, that's politeness. Which is... A, virtue. a shared virtue. It's a it's a shared virtue. That, yes. But if the goo has said to me, I also need you to stop saying that you don't believe right. in gender fluidity, I have to say gooist. We got a problem. I'm just not gonna do it. Yeah. I'm just I'm, I'm just not gonna do it. Yeah. By the same virtue, if Bruce had come to me beforehand and said, What do you think I should do? I said, I think you should take a deep breath. Right. <laughs> right. I don't think you're right. Yeah. And if he says that hurts my feelings, and I was like, that's oh. what correction does. Right. I, and I have to, but that that's the problem with that. And that's, that's what I think has caused men in our society right now no, I think that's to true. become, to become timid geese. It's very difficult. And you got to remember, uh, or one must remember whether you have to or not. Right, right. No, I didn't mean, I didn't one mean. must remember that we're not doing this for our own benefit. We're doing it for the benefit of the group. That's, that's why we correct. Well, because if you're making it about you, then maybe you are being a bully. Maybe you are being a bully. Right? right? Maybe you are. But if you're doing it, and, and I know you're getting to this too, but there's a... There's a uh, Motives. Yeah, so there's a motive. There's, right. a, there's a thing behind it, right? right. That, that goes matters. to that third Socratic, which is, can a man be a bully? And he says, right. And the, and the answer to that is yes. Because the third spur is correction requires love. Love. It requires love. If you're doing it because you were offended by something you disagree with, uh-huh. uh, or... You like to see other people in pain. You know, there's wrong uh, reasons, yeah. right? Um, so let's break down a couple things about correction that go to this third spur, which is first, truth. The difference between truth and wisdom. Truth is a transcendental, fundamental spiritual reality. Capital T. Capital T, right? It is self-evident. Yeah. We all know it. Yep. We're born with it, wired in. As the Declaration of Independence says, we hold these truths to be self-evident. Mm-hmm. And then it lists some, right? All men are created equal. They're all endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among us are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That mm-hmm. little chunk basically explains America. That's our truth. Yes. That's our truth. And messing with that truth doesn't do anybody any good. But that's different from wisdom. Right. right? Wisdom is practical insight with spiritual implications. Right. Unlike truth, wisdom has to be learned. This is why, you know, getting back to something we said uh, a couple episodes ago, the guy who says, you know, you know, preach always, use words when necessary. Right. No, you're going to have to tell them why. That's the wisdom part. <laughs> right? Right. You know, and I, right. I, on Twitter, somebody had pointed this out to me, and I said, I think if, 
you get if you watch somebody who does the right thing, mm-hmm. you'll understand what to do. You won't understand why. Right. The why well, comes with the explanation. Right. Well, what'll happen is you'll you'll go through motions that have no meaning. You don't know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, the, the example that came to my head is I heard the story, right? So dad takes his son. They go to the drive through at McDonald's, and they always get French fries, and it's the greatest thing in the whole world. And But they always come out hot, so dad holds them in front of the <laughs> the air conditioner. Yeah, I get thing, it. Right? Yeah. And then one day realizes, oh, look at my son doing that. The fries were not hot, and the air conditioner was not on. But right. here's Junior. He thinks know, that's what He you thinks do, that's right. what you're supposed to do. That's right. That's a, he, that's a great example, yeah. which I'm going to steal. That's good. Uh, that's a perfect example, because he doesn't understand the why. Right. Because it might not be necessary yeah. in that in that moment. Yep. Um, the difference between truth and wisdom. Another analogy uh-huh. is truth is that a that a that a tomato is a fruit. Yeah, I love wisdom this is yeah. don't use it in a fruit salad. <laughs> you're not going to win any friends that yeah, way. You know, it's not going to taste good, right? So you got you got to tell them that. That's why you got to preach what you practice. Yeah. As hard as that is, as much goo hate as you're going to get. You're just going to have to do it if you want to have impact. Yes. If you want to be a high-impact man. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's part of living right. It's just something that's that's got to be done. And this is what makes it difficult, too, in my mind, is not only do you have to fight goo, but then you got to fight yourself. Because <laughs> right, you have to remain consistent then. that That's true, and that's a leadership yeah. virtue that we're going to get to, yeah. consistency. It's tough. It, and it's fine. So I, that's just why this is in the living right. Yeah. Because... The upside of that is if you're going to correct, you have to be, you have to like be working on that get right. The live right yeah. feeds back to the get right. Uh-huh. You've got to be correct to correct. Yeah. yeah you can't, you can't, there's no box checked at the end of the get right. That's you right. Go, Done. That's now it. I can move on to living right. Despite hypocrisy being a yes. goo nation sin, first order sin, and my disagreement with that, I still don't want to be a hypocrite. Yeah. No, no, amen, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I still don't want to. So yeah. it still compels me to be right, to correct. Yeah. yeah. So that's a good thing. Now, here's the reason. Let's get back to what you said before. Wow, I don't want to hurt anybody, whatever. Yeah. Here's the problem with correction. That's not the problem, but the thing that you get is when you tell the truth and you share wisdom, you're going to get shame. And I, you it's, know, It's I, just going to happen. I looked it up. Just to make sure, I was, you know, I was like, "What is shame? shame. What does the dictionary say?" Shame Painful is, feeling right? of humiliation or distress, right? Caused by consciousness of wrong or doing or f- foolish behavior. Yeah. You know that, of course, that results. Of course, it does. Now, Goo Nation has also tried to denature shame and say we should never. It's a never thing. Never. Sh- right. Shame is a thing that lives with you forever, and it damages your psyche, and That's it makes right. you sad, and all those things. But just as fear is necessary for survival. Shame is necessary because it a life it makes the life lived without fear workable, doable, right? I mean, it's it, without it we would never be spurred on to virtuous behavior. We never would be. Yeah, without it, it's 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 a it's a must. It's it's a way of saying if if you just to say we shun all things that that shame means, then there is no telling you you're never wrong. That's right. And if you're never wrong, then you're never right. That's you're right. just a mess. That's right. Yeah. I mean, a man who is shameless mm. is kind of dangerous. Right? right? We met those guys. We've known those guys. <laughs> All right. So that's this shame deal uh, or goo seeing shame inducement. Yeah. Regardless of motive, regardless of method. Doesn't matter. As, as negative. As wrongful. Yeah. As bullying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As bullying. Um, 
and that's why it invites the wrath of Goo Nation. And you're going to get the wrath, man. In a big way. In a in a big way. Even though your average Gooist, Gooist uses it himself. Well, sure. To teach his own children, right? right? I mean, that 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 that's 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 kind of the funny part about it is, of course they use it. You you can't get your kids to do the right thing consistently unless you shame them for not doing it. Right. I mean, you know, I, your kid doesn't share his toys and you shame him, so right. he shares his toys. He has to go against his own nature to do that. Right. Well, I'll even go back one more. I mean, if we hadn't instilled just a, at least a little bit of healthy shame, my kid would never have gotten never. out of diapers. Never. Like, it wouldn't happen. Right. That's right. <laughs> she didn't care. Like, do you really want to go to school with a right. poopy in your diaper? That's I'm what like, I, mean. I don't care. <laughs> no, you should no, feel no. ashamed. Maybe you don't understand. You should feel yeah. ashamed, right? Yeah. You're not going to have any friends. And <laughs> that's the idea of the goad, yeah. right? That stimulation of desired action or reaction in another. You've got to shame goad them. That's in F three. We call that dynamic, dynamic shame goading. Shame goading. Yeah. We just hate that word, though. We just, we just hate. We really it. do. I mean, it, it, we it, just hate it. It has come to that point. But the bottom line of it is, and the easy distinction is, if it's done with love, it's dynamic shame goading, and it's a good thing. It's, it's correction. Positive. It's just like last week when we said when it's properly That's right. applied. Properly applied. If it's not applied with love, if the motives are otherwise, then it is bullying. Then it is bullying, and that's got to stop. And well, it's not going to be effective in the long run. Well, and and really, as virtuous men, I don't think we should tolerate that crap. Right. Now, I don't know how much correction you've had to do in your life or um, uh, of other men. Uh, no, some. we all do with our kids. Sure. Um, I've had to do it a lot. Uh-huh. Actually, it's funny when you uh, in the army, they actually taught us how to do it. They really? taught like the skill of it. Uh huh. And then had us role play and all this stuff because it's hard to do. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really hard to do, and they have they took soldiers and they gave them these scripts and all this stuff and they bring them in a room and you go through this whole thing and they critique you, and uh, I'm so set thankful for that. Yeah. Um, because it it you know it it taught me little lines like you know the truth doesn't care about your feelings. <laughs> You're not meeting right. the standard is dangerous to everybody. Things that you could right. use well, as crutches until you got true. good at it, right? Yeah. Because it, you know it's pretty predictable. Uh, the reactions you're going to get, you know, you go out to correct a guy. He's going to do one of two things. He's going to admit to everything or he'll just say he's not the same. You're mm-hmm. going to wonder, begin to wonder why you came. But you got to keep doing it, Franklin. <laughs> you just got to keep gotta doing keep. it. You know what, buddy? What's that? You got to face radio. <laughs> oh, man. This is a podcast. It is. It is. Some sort of window to Thanks for listening to 43 Feet, a leadership podcast. If you have questions about leadership, F3, or anything else, write us at questions at 43feetpodcast.com. Until next time, we'll be here in the unknown, the uncomfortable, the difficult, the 43 feet out front. Let them know that you know best, because after all we